All right, everybody, welcome to episode 51. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. Ray, today we are counting down the top songs from 2021. Now, I've got my list, you've got your list, but it has been a pretty interesting year. All the things we talked about, all that music that was released came out, and we've been featuring a lot of those artists on, you know, classic artists and a lot of those that have been in the cellar stepped out with some new music but also some of those top artists that were shining the last couple years also came out with some music so it definitely has been fun filled year of music yeah this has been a really good year for me in terms of music it's really the year i got back into music like i hadn't been in years i really got into music in the late 80s you know started following billboard hot 100 chart had a subscription to billboard started doing my own weekly chart um, I did that. And then about 98, when I kind of made some life changes, I, you know, never got out of music, but really, you know, stepped back from following it so much. And, and it's funny because just after we did our sort of year end countdown uh, a year ago, was a, a week or two later, I, I like suddenly found myself just really into new music in a way that I hadn't been in over 20 years. And so this year has been really good. And I think there's some really great music that came out this year. Yeah, and my list, Ray, definitely are all pop hits, and I looked at it from, as a DJ, these songs are played. There's a really big reaction from the crowd, so that was most of my judgment called pop hits, big reaction, and of course, I had to like them. I know you have a kind of a different methodology with your songs. Yeah, yeah, I kind of based, I decided just to base my, my final countdown, we're going to, you know, we're going to do our, our top five. I just figured out my top 100 for the year and I decided to just go with, okay, what are the top five off of that? Though I did kind of make a bit of a change. There were some, there were a couple songs that I would have probably made, you know, made it last year if I had gotten into them and they kind of hit my chart this year at the beginning of this year. And so I decided to to pull them out because they're really 2020 songs, even though, you know, they were hits for me in early 2021. So I kind of, I pulled those out and I'm going to take the top five off of that. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we've kind of, we looked at each other's charts a little beforehand and you got a couple on yours that, that came very close to hitting mine from the pop side, but mine has a very de- definite alternative edge to it. It's kind of pop, pop alternative. Love it. So let's, let's kick it off. What do you have at five? So my number five is heat waves from glass animals i mean in in essence this is a pop hit i mean it's really you know it's been in the top 10 the last month and it would be in the top 10 right now if it weren't for the christmas hits and stuff so so it's a, you know it's a top 10 hit now but it really was a hit from the summer it's funny how the hot 100 works that songs you know kind of peak you know over this long stretch of time it really kind of hit its stride this summer and uh yeah, it went to number one on my charts this summer. Heat Waves, Glass Animals. They had a, a big year. They had a number of hits. Uh, Tangerine, Space Goes Coast to Coast. And their latest one is I Don't Want to Talk, I Just Want to Dance. My kids love this song, Heat Wave. I mean, we blast this thing in the car. The bass kicks in and we just, you know, we all love this tune. It's just such a, a great feel to that song. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan, obviously. It was something I had considered, but didn't make my top five. Yep. Yep. So what you got at five? My five is actually the only ballad I have in my top five, but it's Silk Sonic. So it's Bruno Mars, Anderson Pac, 
and leave the door open. And it was kind of an homage to, I guess, 60s, 70s, really did justice. The musicianship was dead on. And it was one of those songs that when you heard it, it sounded familiar and you instantly started singing along with it. It was it was very strange. You know, that's a it's a great choice, I think, to be in the top five. It I mean, it really had a shot to be in my top five. It it ended up charting high on my chart, went to number two on my, my personal chart. I my son Rory and I, we we used to we used to lip sync this song like back when it came out late spring into summer. You know, we were we were all over that song. It's a great feel, like you said. It they went for this that that whole album, they went for this this seventies feel. Although to me, I remember when I first heard it back in March, to me, and I just listened to it again yesterday, I really think that as much as they went for the 1970s, to me, it sounds like 1991. I can literally pin it down. You think of like Boys to Men coming out, High Five, other other acts like that, right? You had sort of these these African-American soul, often acapella type groups or not necessarily but it's also kind of that boy band feel but with the the sort of african-american style to it and so every time i listen to that song i feel like it's the summer of 1991 and i'm listening to something that hit number one back then it's it's an awesome song yeah once again it was a throwback and it it's just one of those songs that you put on and people really enjoy it so let's let's go to number four what's your number four ray so my number four i guess is I mean, it's a remake and it's a re not even a remake. It's a, it's a new version of an old song, but it's, it, I think it's so good. The Killers a number of years ago had their song Dustland Fairy Tale," And it's this epic type thing. I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like Jim Steinman, right? Like the old meatloaf stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it has a different feel, but it's got that epicness to it that, you know, it's like telling this story and it just feels like this rock opera type feel. And, well, they redid it this year and just called it Dustland, and they redid it with Bruce Springsteen. And the song was great when they originally did it. But you bring Springsteen in there, and I think part of this is also the video to me feels like a like it could have been like nineteen eighty seven, fall of nineteen eighty seven, and maybe that's yeah. part of it for me because that's when I really got into music a lot. But the song, I mean, you know, the song just has such great imagery, and it's it's sung so well, and the the instrumentation makes it again this really epic song, and you bring in Springsteen singing along Brandon Flowers, and I like, I can't help but just blast this song and just act like a you know I'm up up on stage singing like like Springsteen and Flowers are. Yeah, great choice. They knocked it out of the park with this song and others that when they came back, and it's really cool that Bruce is collaborating not only with the Killers but this year we did the him and Mellencamp teamed up. Yep. So this was really, I think, a good picture of the music out of the pandemic. Two groups coming together, the imagery, like you said, the song is epic. Great choice. So what do you have at number four? My number four is got The Weeknd and Ariana Grande with Save Your Tears. And once again, straight out of that 1980s catalog, I tried placing it. It was kind of like a Cars Drive. Maybe the also Gary Newman cars, but there was just something mm-hmm. driving about the song and how it was approached. And once again, weekend following the formula of that album, but it cracked in my top five because you just couldn't get it out of your head. One of those songs again. 
Yeah, I, I, this actually just missed my top five. If we did a top six, this would have been number six for the year for me. Um, I actually like the original better than the the one that that he joined up with Ariana Grande on. But I, I you're right to, to that that whole album, right? Blinding Lights had it. His newer one, Take My Breath, really has kind of a thriller feel to it. And Save Your Tears really does. It has that 80s feel. I think that it's a song that George Michael could have sung back in the day. Uh, we talked about, you know, when we did our Christmas edition, we talked about Last Christmas, and I hear elements of that in this. And I, yeah, I, I, I love this song too. I think it's a great choice for top five. What did you have at three? So at number three, I have uh, Saturday by 21 Pilots. 21 Pilots, uh, they, they had a new album come out this year. They had a number of hits off of this thing, Shy Away. Their latest is called The Outside. Before that, they had a, they talk about the pandemic music. Before those hits, they had one uh, that was sort of a, a, an individual release called Level of Concern. But the one that I, I, I just crank more than ever is Saturday. Uh, it's got a great feel to it. It's got really cool kind of parts to it uh, where there's a there's like a hesitation beat late in the song. And there's a part where he screams like at one part. That's my daughter's favorite. This is one that my, my family and I, we crank in the car. My kids, I remember visiting my office when the video debuted on YouTube and we were all excited because we were waiting and watching for noon to hit so we could watch the video and the video is pretty cool. And so um, 21 Pilots had a, a heck of a year. I, I really love their music this year. And this is the one that really sort of captures it Saturday. Yeah, 21 Pilots, they just keep going. I mean, we've had some discussions about 21 Pilots in the past. Some of the classic songs that they've made and they just keep going after it. I, I'm always amazed with a band when there are two members and the amount of music they can create. I mean, I think about the White Stripes and Black Keys. <laughs> they, yep. It's just amazing to me how two can get together, create all that music. And this is just a great representation of their music, their drive to consistently put out songs. And... I really think it's a great choice too. What is, so what do you have at three? At number three, I've got Mona Skin, Beggin. Now, this is when I heard this song, Ray, it was like, wait a minute, where did this come from? And I did some research and it actually mm-hmm. is a song that was recorded like three years ago because it got played extensively on TikTok. It crossed over into the mainstream and it's a cover of a Frankie Valley song, but they added a little bit something to it. And when you hear it, it's a rock song. And for a second there, I was like, wait a minute, what is this? Because I thought for a second it was a throwback. It reminded me a little bit of yep. that early you know, Nirvana alternative. <laughs> but when you play this song, everybody sings along to it. They jump along. It gets everybody excited. I don't, just for me, it, it was one of those songs that really stood out amongst all the others that were being played this year. On, at least especially on pop radio yeah it's it's a it's a memorable song i mean it's one that you kind of you know it's kind of that earworm type thing right i'm begging you right and he's got that really distinctive voice the lead singer and and to me there's a there's a there's a bluesishness to it that you know because you know it's this I, the feel of it the the lyrics of it you know i'm begging you right and there's a bluesiness to that and and yeah monoskin had like a I mean, they really had a breakout year this year. You know, that's their big hit. They had another one that's gotten a lot of alternative play called I Want to Be Your Slave, 
And then they've got a couple other ones that seem to like they're, they're picking up some ground, but Begin's the big pop hit. And I mean, you know, yeah, if you're trying to capture like songs that really capture the feel of the, of the year and, and that really took hold this year, Begin is right up there. Yeah. I mean, once again, very rare. I mean, I know you, like you said, your list is focusing, definitely kind of have that alt kind of pop to it. But to me, straight up pop song that was definitely rock and was one of the, the few. And that's why it stopped for me. So how about you? What, what's your number two? So interesting, you know, earlier you mentioned Springsteen collaborating with folks. And last year when we did this, uh, one of the songs I talked about was uh, that Springsteen had collaborated with, with Bleachers. And, well, Bleachers, they, he came out, he, they, they came out with an album, a uh, new album this year. And their, their first single was a huge alt hit. And I absolutely love this song. It's called Stop Making This Hurt. I remember it reading somewhere on uh, comments on the video on YouTube or something. And somebody said, this could have been a late 1988 song. And I think that that captured it perfectly. This song has energy. It's kind of that tradition the bleachers have. They, they again, another one of these bands, and it's probably why I'm drawn to them. They have new music that has hints of eighties music. And that's probably what draws me to them. But this song, I just, every time it came on, I get up and dance. You know, my my kids and I, we sing this song to each other. I, we use this phrase to one another now. And I absolutely adore this song. Stop making this hurt by the bleachers. Yeah. You send it to me earlier this year and you're, hey, you gotta, <laughs> gotta watch this song. So I think I, it sat in my inbox for a couple of days and I finally clicked on it and then, you know, in traditional fashion, watched it <laughs> maybe 10 times, but it was, yep. it was the video. I mean, the video yep. was funny and I always enjoy when there's humor in a video it makes it memorable and then also the song the song itself totally exactly what you said it transfers over has a catchy riff and you know just captures that 1980s vibe but at the same time it has a modern edge and i i definitely think you're gonna be hearing more from bleachers in the future yeah so what do you have at number two this was a hard one for me I obviously there were a lot of songs that could have come in and out. And this one was down below and then made it back up. And it's Olivia Rodrigo. Good for you. Now, Olivia had another song earlier in the year, Driver's License. And that really captivated it. But for me, once again, this song, when you put it on, everyone sings along to it. They dance along to it. Driver's License is more of of a ballad that picks up and it's a sing-along but this is a song that you can dance to it starts off strong picks its way up and it definitely kind of reminded me of like a Alanis Morissette I guess Mm -hmm. I'd throw it in a Kelly Clarkson also Paramore and I think she Olivia might have even said I kind of took a riff (laughs) from Paramore in this song so but once again I think it classifies today's culture and then also once again brings back some of that rock vibe yeah then you know this is the song i actually i like driver's license was my favorite of all of the olivia rodrigo ones that have come out because she's had a whole you know string of them now off of that album and driver's license was the first one i really liked her vocal performance on that song and maybe i i probably just have a little more of a soft spot for the ballads too so uh so i like you know i like driver's license better but at the same time Mm -hmm. I think you're spot on about good for you. And and part of what, what speaks to what you're saying is 
that this one had crossover appeal. Uh, this got play in alternative radio in, a, in addition to pop radio. In fact, I remember, uh, you know, folks in alternative radio saying, you know, yeah, we're actually going to play some Olivia Rodrigo, you know, you know, kind of like, cause you know, there's a whole part of that audience that would be like, Oh my God, I'm not going to listen to this, you know, this Disney, you know, pop singer. Right. But this song that, that rocking edge to it, that it had, it ended up having, having crossover appeal because of it. Yeah. And I always wondered, I remember back in the day they call an AOR yep. hit was an yep. album oriented rock, but then they would add, something to it like for example i remember the richard marks what was it keep coming back yeah keep coming back they yeah. added keep coming back they added a guitar solo from eric johnson had a guitar yep. solo and i had i got the single from somewhere one of those record shows yep. and i was like well what's the difference so i put it in and i was like oh it's got a guitar so well that was album so i always wondered if they did play it and i haven't heard th- if there is a different version but i wonder if they added a little more guitar <laughs> or something at it in in that version just to spice it up a little bit right that's a great point cuz i i remember that richard marks single you know that the cd single of the aor version of that with eric johnson and and you're right they turned what was sort of a a an r&b-ish song into you know something that was more aor oriented um i mean i i never listened to I mean, I've heard good for you both on a pop station and on an uh, alternative station, and I, I. But I've never listened to it like back to back to 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 look at you know is it is there a similarity or difference there? So I, you know, whether they they changed it or they just felt hey this is this is rocking enough to be on here, you know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, right at the end, and it's a perfect segue into a, a mashup there's like a there sounds like there's a green day riff right around the end i was like ah mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. so i wonder if she even sampled from green day it's interesting yeah well and it's got a real punk feel i mean it's yeah yeah and your your connection to alanis morissette is is spot on you know i think that this record you know there i saw comparisons of her record with jagged little pill and you know that yeah so what did you have at number one ray so my number one song of the year is uh, way less sad by AJR. I like, mm-hmm. you know, last year we talked about Bang a little bit, right? That came on the end of 2020. They had another song after that called Bummerland, which kind of was a bit of a slow burn for me. I kind of was ambivalent to it at first, and then it really grew on me later. And then Way Less Sad came out, and probably the first time or two, I was like, okay. And then about third, fourth time that I heard it, I was like, whoa, I I like this. And again, this is, you know, a lot of my song is influenced. Uh, a lot of my my stuff is influenced by what do I what am I enjoying hearing and what am I what are my kids listening to with me? We like played and sung and quoted the hell out of this song all year long. You know we're we're looking to even see AJR in concert. This is the year that we sort of their their album that they came out with, uh, OK Orchestra has a lot of great stuff on it. Not just the ones I mentioned, but some other uh, some other things. One called My Play. They've got a new. Um, duet with uh, daisy the great called record player and they even uh you think talk about like different versions of songs uh, weezer came out with a song called all my favorite songs that was a huge alt radio hit this year and i was ambivalent to it and then they did a version with ajr and then i was like oh now i really like this so uh, this has been you know i i've really liked 21 pilots this year i've really liked glass animals this year i really liked the killers this year like the weekend this year but probably the group that really like took it for me this year was AJR and way less sad is, I mean, it, I love stop making this hurt, but way less sad really beats it out. It's, it's my favorite song of the year. Yeah. And AJR, I mean, 
we've talked about this in the past that the way they craft their songs, it's so unique and I've been enjoying it too. And I had this flipping out, you know, it was, it was down there, but there's just something about the way they, they put their song together. And I think the title of it <laughs> is perfect for just a perfect reflection of where we are today. So, and I, I couldn't have selected a, a better song than the one you did, but we are we are different this year, for for probably for the first time in a while. Yeah, well, and for really good reasons. We got it's really good. We've got some really good different stuff here, you know. And and it's funny because you know we've had things where like like you know you had Silk Sonic. Well, they very well could have been on mine. You know, you had the weekend. They very well could have been on mine. And and you know, there's there's uh, it, it's kind of cool to see that we we connect in a lot of ways. But but at the very top, there's some clear um, differences, and we're covering. A much bigger range and and so with that in mind what's it number one for you well it's interesting i don't know you probably know the uh, billboard stats on the song which i can't recall off the top of my head but i did select kid Leroy and justin bieber with stay and i felt strange selecting it because i was like well wait a minute how did this end up at the top but it's it's that opening keyboard riff. I'm such a sucker for keyboard riffs. <laughs> and that riff, you would hear it on the radio, and I would never change the channel. I mean, it just, it would, it would never change. Yep. And it's a shorter song. And the way they move over to Justin and they, they come back, and it's, it's just one of those songs you put it on, everybody starts dancing, everybody's having a good time, everyone knows the lyrics. It's definitely been overplayed, very much like last year with The Weeknd. However, maybe you have the stats handy, but I believe it was number one for quite a while. Yeah, I, I'm trying to, I was going to look it up because I didn't remember off the top of my head, but I'm, I think it was about seven weeks, seven weeks sounds right. That it kind of, it was one that kind of went in and out for a little bit, right? Okay. So, you know, it hit number one and then it, it fell out. So it was, it was at number one, it hit number one in August. And then uh, Butter by BTS, which was another great song, right? You know, it kind of snuck back up for a week. And then uh, Stay came back up, but it kind of, it had a couple of instances where songs that just came out, like Blitz to number one and then fell back. So there was uh, Way Too Sexy by Drake and Future and Young Thug. And then um, My Universe by Coldplay and BTS kind of, you know, temporarily knocked it out. But yeah, seven weeks at the top. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's uh, one of the top singles, top 10 of the of the year on Billboard's Hot 100 uh, for the year. I mean, Good For You was too. You mentioned that. You know, it's it's one of the biggest hits of the year. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the keyboard part, but the part that it's an earworm song, and the part that sticks in my head is that I need you to stay, need you to stay, stay. Right, that that you know that refrain part. That's the part that really like like grabbed it for me. I I really never, never really paid. I, I don't want to say I didn't like the song because I never really paid it a lot of attention for the longest time while it was out. And then the one day I listened to it, and I I couldn't get that part out of my head. And so it, it really grew on me a lot. So to today where, you know, a few months ago, I would have said, yeah, you know, I, I really don't know because I never really listened. Now I actually like it. And I, I think, you know, it's a it's it's it, it's a great choice at number one. Yeah. Once again, I mean, there's so much music out there it was really, really hard. I mean, I had a bunch down there, a couple <laughs> that were on your top five were, were, were coming in and out. And you, you think about. You know, the, the Jonas Brothers and Billy Irish was still yep. out there. And 
I almost put the Elton John up there, but it was like, no, that, I don't yeah. think that was that was strong <laughs> enough. I mean, it was a good attempt, but right. right there's, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to as we continue all these artists. I know they're holding back releasing music because they're <laughs> that's just the way they are. And it's like, oh, I want to hold on to it so I can tour. So I really think they release the music so that they can get out there. There are others that just don't care. So I think there's going to be right. some more music that was created during this time, during this, you know, I guess, the lockdown period that's going to come out. And I can't wait. I'm excited. Again, like I said, I really got into music this year. Uh, like you said, there were there were some that, that, you know, we both had very close, right? The Jonas Brothers and Marshmallow, Leave Before You Love Me. We both liked that one. Uh, the Elton John and Dua Leap, I'm kind of like with you. I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't like a, you know, a top five, top 10 thing for me. You know, there were there were a lot of good stuff. I do want to just kind of throw the word out there. Like I said, I, I kind of eliminated a couple songs that, you know, did well personally. Because if, if we had done sure. our, if I had gotten into music, if I had refound music just two weeks earlier, a year ago, then uh, the killers, we mentioned the killers, their song caution, which was really a 2020 song, that whole album that caution, my own soul's warning. There's a, mm -hmm. that, that album that they had from 2020 is just probably the album of the year to me for 2020. But there's the other, another song was the 1975 had a song called if you're too shy, let me know. And I got to give it a, a, a little bit of props here because if I had just gotten into this song two weeks earlier, a year ago, it would have been on my countdown a year ago because I fell in love with this song last January. And mm -hmm. it feels like 1987. The video feels like 1987. The whole thing just, just strikes me. And so, yeah, like you, I'm really excited to see what's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm energized to be back, you know, back hard, hardcore into music the way that I used to be. And I think you're right. There's, you know, we're already seeing uh, uh, stuff come out that that's that's making, you know, making it look like we're going to we're going to see a lot more. Yeah. And the one. Th so I I believe I sent you this interview the other day. It was yep. Rick Beato did an interview with Sting. And it was fascinating because they're basically saying that, you know, Sting is uncopyable and he's very unique the way he writes music. But in that interview, they started talking about the state of music today and basically most of the music being created as Beato spoke about and Sting is that they eliminated the bridge. You know, there really isn't that moving from the verse into the bridge. This is kind of eliminated in modern music. But what I thought was fascinating is also in the interview was Sting's longtime guitarist. And he said, it seems like a 30 year cycle where things change. He says 30 years ago it was when Nirvana came out that turned the music industry upside down. And they're basically saying, well, what's what's going to be next to break down that wall? <laughs> so I, just timing. It's it's coming up. So you're wondering, you know, is will that prophecy come true? Well, and I think I think things like you mentioned, um, Mona Skin and stuff like that. We're seeing uh, newish type of things that that I think have the potential to to be that. Or maybe Sting's going to do it himself. He had his new album come out, right? He's <laughs> no, not really, not really. I mean, his I mean... his new album. I actually really like, you know, uh, if it's love that that song off of his new album. I it, it feels like his old stuff, mm -hmm. but it's got a again, it's this so, sort of uh, you know new stuff that has a feel of old stuff. But I I think that you know there's there's something to that. 
I think that that you can you can argue there have been many revolutions since then. You know, American Idol really, you know, sure. so that was you know Nirvana was you know 1991 and the the grunge thing, and you know, so about 10 years later you get American Idol, and I think that that changed the way things work. I mean, some would say not for the better, right? You know, it kind of made it a very mm-hmm. packaged type of thing. And, you know, Glee became popular right after that. And you, you got a lot of um, similar sounding voices that had a certain style, right? Like out of that kind of stuff. And um, I think we're seeing the the strains. I think what you talked about earlier with collaborations is is showing this. And so between collaborations that have been happening and collaborations across things, right? That, you know, artists you wouldn't necessarily have thought would have collaborated together. But then also these, there are these, these connections of genres together in new and inventive ways. And I think that that's going to fuel what we see going forward. And then an artist that we haven't mentioned, Lil Nas X, right? Who had, you know, one of the biggest hits two years ago and had two big hits this year. Um, You know, I, I almost had industry baby in my top five. I mean, it was, it was in and out. Yeah. You know, the, the model uh, there of, you know, the sort of, there's potentially a new model out there for how to even become a successful artist. And that could lead to a lot of in- innovation as well. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for it. We thank you for listening to tunes, mate 2022 happy new year. And from all of us here, we thank you for listening and look forward to more episodes in the future. And once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Rain. And we will see you next time.